0: The human experience is a collection of stories we've lived to tell, for better or worse. Stories help us make meaning of life by connecting the moments of life. My name is Joel Gonzalez, your storytelling host and creator of We Are Story. I believe that one of the best ways to move the human narrative forward is to step into the sacred space of storytelling and listening. When I tell my story and listen to yours, I embrace the beautiful reality that we are story. Welcome to The Conversation. I remember when I discovered the power of an eraser. I remember those on our number two pencils back in school. kindergarten i would mostly use crayons or markers or water paint and whenever i did something it was there permanently if i wanted to undo it i'd have to use like a wet rag or something and that would just create a huge mess but i remember in first grade when i was introduced to a pencil with an eraser this was fascinating to me because now i had the capacity and the ability to undo my work if i didn't like it if I looked through my work and I ran into something that I didn't like I could just erase it and I didn't know it back then but the eraser was and it continues to be a powerful weapon have you ever thought about that have you ever thought about how powerful the eraser is and I feel teachers they knew this back then as well because they'd only allow us to use erasers and pencils for math right when it came down to like history or English or social studies we had to do our work in pen I guess they didn't want to want us to erase it but remember when pens became kind of slick on us and they added like an eraser on top of a a cap Um, it just didn't work the same as a pencil whenever you would try to erase it's like it didn't work It, it would still stay on there hey man but I tip my hats to pens for trying to get innovative but the eraser that was a powerful thing that was a powerful weapon that we had on our pencils. If we were writing something and we realized that we'd made a mistake, we could just go back and erase it. If we went back and we read some of our work and we noticed that we just didn't like what we did in the past, we could erase it out. And even if we wanted to remove our names from certain works, we could do that as well because that was the power of an eraser. But one last thing about the eraser that I found very interesting is that an eraser, it wouldn't work for the entire sheet, right? Like if we tried to erase an entire sheet, we, it just wouldn't work, it would leave some of the reman- remnants of what had been written before on there, so it would create more of a mess rather than cleaning it up, and if we went back to try to write on that, we would still be able to see what was there previously. An eraser was only effective for one, two, three, four, maybe 5 words, but anything beyond that, if we tried to erase the whole thing, we'd create more of a mess. And I think that that speaks to the power that was in the eraser. You see, the power wasn't in the eraser, but it was in our ability to edit. And our ability to edit doesn't mean that we go back and undo everything. It just means that we make certain adjustments to bring out the best from our work. Now, let's think about life. Let's think about how this applies to the lives that we live and how we can possibly edit our lives through the work that we do presently. I'm a photographer and we photographers, we understand that editing, that, that's a work of art in and of itself. I mean, it takes time, it takes craft, it takes skill. Filmmakers, they also edit extensively. Writers, artists, editors, poets, even students, they're constantly editing and, and it's, a, it's an art skill. Editing is a work of art in and of itself. But the point of editing isn't to completely undo what's there. It's learning how to identify what to remove so that which is most essential can be seen. The goal of editing is to bring out the best within the work, not to completely change it. Because if we completely change it or even try to erase it, it no longer is the original work. And that's the same thing with life. You know, when we look back at the trajectory of our lives, there may be areas or instances that we would rather erase and and pretend as though they didn't happen. But the truth is, this isn't as effective. Life edit isn't about going back and erasing things that happened to us that were unfavorable. A life edit is knowing how to identify what to remove from that experience so that we can live our best lives now. So I don't buy into nor prescribe to this whole idea of forgetting the past because really a forgetting of the past, what that, what that is, it's a suppression of the past and that causes more damage than, than it does good. And I think I, I spoke about this on a previous episode uh, called Backstory. So if you wanna hear more on this, go back and take a listen to that episode. But life, life is all about editing. And why, why is life editing so essential? Well, we're constantly changing and growing and evolving, or at least that's the hope. The hope is that we're constantly progressing and becoming a better version of ourselves. For as long as we've lived, we've been editing our stories and, and, and the trajectory of our lives. It's been all a story that's being edited, whether we realize it or not. And yeah, we we know that the metaphor of life being like a story is very fitting. Indeed, I I believe it's actually actually literal. Our life is a story. And therefore, it's going to require for us to do some editing on it. Just as editing is not only possible but needed in the work that we do, so it is with our lives. I mean, we live such consumed, congested, and cumbersome lives, right? It's as though we need some space to breathe in life from time to time. Think about vacations. We go on vacations and we need a vacation from the vacation, right? That's pretty funny. I mean, staycations, they're becoming a real thing. A lot of people, staycations actually sound more appealing to them than vacations because at a, stay- a staycation, you don't pack your schedule with things to do. You just get to chill and to rest. So what would a life edit look like for us? How could we live our best stories by editing our current lives? Author Elaine St. James has said, one of the reasons we keep our lives so complicated is so we won't have to listen to our inner voice telling us what we need to do to make our lives work better. So what this means is that sometimes we just don't want to put in the work to edit our lives. So we continue doing what we've always done because the work of editing it out, man, that could be overwhelming, but it's a good type of overwhelming. And I would venture to say it's a necessary type of overwhelming. Our life, it speaks to us, just like our bodies speak to us, right? Like when our immune system has been compromised and we feel a little weak, what does our body do? Our body lets us know we need to rest. And how does it do this? By making us feel tired. Uh, by not allowing us to function at our optimal level and so our body's letting us know hey i'm not at 100 right now and i'm gonna need you to slow down and take a break and this is okay this is actually a good thing that our body communicates with us in this way what is the same thing with our lives like when we've taken too much responsibility or when we're doing too much or when we feel overwhelmed or stressed our mind our heart and even our soul it's gonna let us know it's going to let us know when we're engaging in things that we perhaps should consider removing ourselves from, because like I said, we're constantly growing and we're constantly evolving. So if you pay attention to our mind if we pay attention to our hearts, our bodies and our souls, it's going to let us know. It's going to let us know when we need to make some adjustments or maybe even edit certain things out of our lives. You see a life edit. It's not just about doing less. But doing more of the things that bring us to life. But this, it's going to require us to edit out things that don't. It's going to require us to edit out those things that just don't bring us to life. It doesn't mean just doing less for the sake of doing less either, right? It's about making the wisest possible investment of our time and our energy. So that we can operate at our highest point of contribution. Doing only that, which is essential. And that's what a life edit is about all right so here are five ways that we can begin to edit our lives so that we live doing more of what we love and less of what we don't you see because a life edit it's all about living in freedom it's living in the freedom to be the best that we can be but only doing that which genuinely adds value to us and that sounds like it's hard to do but it's actually very possible in fact i believe that The world needs us doing that which only adds value and I don't mean doing that which is easy because a lot of the stuff that adds value to us it's gonna take work but I believe that this is the kind of work that we should be engaged in because it's our contribution to humanity so here are five ways that we can begin to edit our lives by doing less of what more of what we love and less of what we don't so number one we got to be clear on what we want. That sounds simple, but it's not simplistic. I mean, I've talked to so many people that when I ask them, like, man, what do you want to do? They kind of uh, jumbled through their response and they kind of drag their feet with their words because they're not really clear on what they want. But in order to do an effective life, edit, we got to get crystal clear on what we want. What do you want for your life? When you envision your future self, when you envision your best self, who do you see? Have you looked at that person? Are you familiar with the best version of, our, of yourself? And that doesn't even mean that you have to be that person today. But that does mean that you have to have clarity on the possibility of who you can become. Because once you get clear on that, creating steps to get there and bridging that gap becomes a lot more easier. Or better said simple maybe not easier but simpler so we got to get clear on what we want that's the first one number two just as important as being clear on what we want we have to be clear on what we don't want and you know and sometimes that's where we need to begin if you if you can not identify what you want well then try identifying what you don't want try identifying the things that just don't serve you anymore Try identifying the things that um, you just don't find passion and value in anymore. You know, sometimes what we don't do is just as important as what we do do. And I've seen most people, many people, that's where they actually begin. They're not clear on what they want, but we can be clear on what we don't want. If you're in a relationship that you don't want, you may not know what kind of relationship you want, but you are aware of the relationship that you don't want. So stop saying yes to that stuff. If you're at a job that you don't want I mean it's crazy to say it but man you have a choice you don't have to stay there there's other work to be done somewhere else so just as being clear on what we do want it's knowing what we don't want so that's number two be clear on what you don't want here's number three pay attention to the things that train your energy now that's an important one. Because we as humans, we got this vibe, right? We talk a lot about vibes and we talk a lot about energy. And the truth is, um, energy, it's like uh, our emotions in action. Uh, Joe Dispenza said that um, our emotions are energy in motion. Um, So we have to pay attention to the things that we feel drain us from our energy. Uh, Those relationships, uh, those places, those situations that as soon as we step into them, when we leave, man, we feel so drained. We got to start paying attention to that because we'll be unable to fully function at our optimal capacity if we're constantly walking around drained by people by places and by situations so start paying attention to the things that drain your energy number four pay attention to the things that bring you to life right what are the things that set your heart on fire what are the things that you engage in that when you're doing them you tend to lose time? Or if you were if you were able to do something where money wasn't a factor, what would that be? As crazy as it would be if it's something that that you desire and that brings you to life and that sets your heart on fire, it's worth paying attention to. And if it's worth paying attention to, perhaps it's even worth pursuing. Doug Fireboss said every day do something that will inch you closer to a better tomorrow. That's powerful. But in order to do that, we have to start paying attention to those things that bring us to life. What are those? And number five, identify how you can do more of what you love and less of what you don't. I love the way Anne Lamont said it. She said, no is a complete sentence. So we have to find a way to stop doing the things that we don't love and begin doing the things that we do love and some people say like man but that's very uh selfish or self-centered only to do things that you love but i beg to differ on that in fact i believe that if we all started putting meaningful and intentional thought to the things that we love about life and if we started engaging in those excellence really wouldn't be in question Um, commitment really wouldn't be in question work ethic really wouldn't be in question because we're engaging the things that we love and we're finding a way to do them we stop doing what we don't love and we begin engaging what you do love that's a powerful way of doing it and so how can we do this because i know it's easier said than done so how do you identify doing more of what you love and less of what you don't so here it is number one number one is We have to learn how to say no. It begins by saying no. We don't have to give an explanation when we tell someone no. Like if someone invites us somewhere, it's okay to say no without feeling we need to explain to kind of water it down and make it more palatable. If we say no to an opportunity, we don't have to explain to anyone why we said no. No, it's a complete sentence. So after saying no, you gotta let go. You gotta learn how to let go of things that may seem good, but aren't good for you. I remember reading a book called Good to Great, and what was said in there is that good is the enemy of great. And just because something is good doesn't mean that it's great for us. So a big part of life editing is just letting these things go and having the courage to let go of things that may even appear to be good. Because sometimes good gets in the way of great. So start letting go. And then the last one is just stop. You just stop. Got to stop doing it. You got to stop saying yes to everything. You got to stop gathering. You got to stop consuming. You got to stop buying. Uh, You got to stop all that stuff. You got to stop watching. You got to stop scrolling. You just have to stop. This takes resilience. This takes willpower and to much degree, this takes courage because stopping means that now we're left with a space and we got to fill that space. But that space should be filled with the things that we love and the things that add value. So sometimes we just got to stop. I'll leave you with this. I'm rereading a book by Greg McCowan called Essentialism The Disciplined Pursuit of Less. And in it, he writes. Essentialism is not about how to get more things done, it's about how to get the right things done. It doesn't mean just doing less for the sake of less either. It's about making the wisest possible investment of our time and our energy in order to operate at our highest point of contribution by doing only that which is essential. Because a life at it, it's all about removing the non-essentials so that the essentials can speak all right my friends may we live today a story we'd want to tell tomorrow